Today we compare J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit, Chapter 4, with Peter Jackson's on-screen adaptation in The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Extended edition, of course. This is Episode 90 of the Lore of the Rings podcast. Before we get too far, just a reminder that if you enjoy the show, please leave a rating and review, or share with a friend. Every review or share helps more wanderers who may be lost to find this show. Now, let's wander. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We catch up with our Hobbit and the Dwarves as they walk across Middle-earth set to Howard Shore's fantastic music at about 1 hour and 52 minutes into the extended edition of The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. This chapter's on-screen adaptation closes at about 2 hours and 30 minutes, although it is also interspersed with Bilbo encountering Gollum and the Riddle Game, but we won't explore that quite yet. In contrast with the book, the company has left Gandalf behind, and they have no ponies, so they trudge on foot across the wide, lonely lands between Rivendell and the mountains. The various shots of them walking with wide, sweeping vistas give us a sense of the scale of this world. It's huge, and they are all alone. The path in the mountain passes is narrow. Bilbo almost slips to certain death, communicating to us the dangers that surround them in the mountains, and then boulders begin to fall around them. Balin calls the storm a thunder battle, and seems to indicate the stone giants throwing rocks at each other are the players in the thunder battle. As far as I know, Tolkien didn't ever write anything else regarding the stone giants in the high passes of the Misty Mountains, so I have no lore accuracy to compare these on-screen portrayals to. I will say though, it's a crazy miracle that not one dwarf or hobbit was lost or even hurt during that thunder battle among the stone giants. Bilbo has a near-fall experience, and then Thorin almost falls after saving Bilbo. This gives Thorin a chance to deride Bilbo even more. They find a cave, and Thorin speaks a line from the book, quote, Caves in the mountain are seldom unoccupied. But instead of a dream, Bilbo is awake, and he decides that he is turning around, heading back to Rivendell. This leads to a conversation with Bulfur, where Bilbo hints at the Baggins versus Took sides of him. Bofur admits to Bilbo's accusation that the dwarves don't belong anywhere, which Thorin overhears. This short yet meaningful conversation is what sets up the emotional conflict for the following scenes. The dwarves have no home. As we'll see when we compare Chapter 6 of The Hobbit with the movie, that emotional conflict is resolved after Bilbo and the dwarves reunite on the other side of the mountains. This is a further reminder of the central conflict of this film. The dwarves have no home, and want to reclaim their ancestral homeland from Smaug. But the observant Bulfur notices a blue light from Bilbo's sword. Then, just as in Book Bilbo's Dream, the floor cracks open, and the company slides down into the goblins' world. The goblins advance. They are as quick and oppressive as their book introduction. But there's a couple of interesting changes that happen. First, in the film, we've already been introduced to orcs. 
They've hunted the dwarves, fought in major battles, and even killed each other over bad news. So the reveal of goblins or orcs in the mountains is not as dramatic as in the book, where Tolkien introduced us to new imaginary creatures one adventure at a time, through the eyes of an innocent hobbit. Also, Bilbo goes unnoticed as he crouches, almost like a toddler's game of if I can't see you, you can't see me, although one of the dwarves does take note of Bilbo's tactic. Thus, Bilbo escapes the whipping and driving that the goblins inflict on the dwarves. In the film, it's Bilbo's sword, not Gandalf's light, that leads him in the dark, and Bilbo has his first encounter with an orc, resulting in him being lost in the darkness of a deep ravine. But what he finds down in the darkness, we'll get to later. We continue with the dwarves, to Goblin Town, where the great goblin gives us a nasty, discordant song, which seems to at least be inspired by the goblin song from the chapter. But an interesting comment by the great goblin in response to Balin's accusation that the song he sings is an abomination, the great goblin says, quote, Abomination, mutations, deviations, that's all you're going to find down here. How true that is. In Tolkien's The Silmarillion, we learn that the orcs were created from elves who were tortured, corrupted, and mutated at the hands of Sauron's master, Morgoth. You also see a hint of that in Rings of Power Season 1 in the character Adar. And not only the goblins, but Golem is a mutation or deviation from the hobbit that he once was. I'll say that the great goblin is one disgusting-looking goblin. I really do not want to know whatever disease or malady is causing those nasty boils all over his skin. It's just gross. Anyway, the goblins are quite invasive as they search every crack, every crevice, and begin to pull out all the items the dwarves stole from the elves. There's even a wisecrack about being made in Rivendell, which I highly doubt the elves would have actually stamped their candle holders with, but it's still worth a chuckle. The Great Goblin derides the value of the items as, quote, second age, couldn't give it away. Just a reminder that The Hobbit takes place in the Third Age of Middle-earth, but this offhand remark by the Great Goblin is again more profound than it seems. Far underground, Bilbo Baggins is also about to find a golden item, made in the Second Age, that he will find very difficult to give away. The dwarves take a leaf from Film Bilbo and Gandalf's playbook in their attempt to confuse the Great Goblin on the purposes of their journey but they are threatened with torture on the Mangler and Bonebreaker. Those sound particularly uncomfortable to me. But then Thorin steps forward and the Great Goblin mocks him. Thorin is king under the mountain, except he has no mountain and he is no king, so that makes him a nobody. There's that primary conflict for the film again. Thorin learns that the pale orc, Azog, is still alive and hunting for him. We cut away to Bilbo in the darkness, but we'll get to that in a later episode. When we return to the dwarves, we're treated to another nasty song from the Great Goblin. That's when the goblins first recognize Thorin's sword, which they name the Goblin Cleaver, or simply the Biter. The blade that sliced a thousand necks, they say. They seem to have a great fear for this gondolin-made blade. Just then, Gandalf intervenes, and we see the first hint of his power. A flash of light knocks down the goblins, similar to Gandalf in the cave in the chapter. He says, quote, Take up arms. Fight. Fight! And the majestic music rolls as the dwarves take up their weapons. Gandalf's sword is also known to the great goblin, who calls it Foehammer, the beater, bright as daylight, he describes the sword. Gandalf is thus again connected with light, as he was in the chapter. 
Just as film Gandalf and the dwarves are running from the goblins, film Bilbo also begins to run from Gollum. The storylines are parallel. We cut back to the dwarves who fight their way out from masses of goblins. We can easily see that some are warriors, whereas others are simply lucky hits. Keeley even channels his inner Jedi by batting away a handful of orc arrows. Use the force, Keeley. Gandalf reveals his power again, using light to break a boulder that topples over a bunch of goblins. But they are stopped by the Great Goblin, who faces Gandalf on a bridge over a deep ravine as they are attempting to escape a dark passage under the mountains. Sound familiar to anyone? Even the music is reminiscent of the Bridge of Khazad-dûm. Their Great Goblin is defeated, but as he falls, he throws out a fiery whip and pulls Gandalf after him. Oh wait, wrong movie, sorry. As the Great Goblin falls, the bridge is broken, and not only Gandalf, but the entire dwarvish company falls into the abyss. Miraculously, nobody even breaks so much as a finger. After sliding down the wooden bridge roller coaster to the bottom of the ravine, and the Great Goblin lands on top of all of them. I'm pretty sure at least one of them would have cracked a rib or something. Gandalf and the dwarves escape, and they are seen by Bilbo, who can't get to them because Gollum blocks the way. I have a bit of commentary on these changes, particularly about how a film called The Hobbit doesn't really feature much of The Hobbit. We'll get to that right after this break. We're not done yet. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The biggest change in adapting this chapter to film is that the movie goes back and forth between the dwarves and Bilbo, combining both chapter 4 and chapter 5 from The Hobbit. This makes a lot of sense from a timing and pacing perspective. If Bilbo had gotten lost after the altercation with the Great Goblin, like in the book, then everything that takes place with Gollum would have been at the same time as the dwarves escaping. That's a lot of time to leave the dwarves running through tunnels, or the dwarves would have had to wait around outside for a long time for Bilbo to show up. That's a bit of a timing plot hole that I'll admit in the book. However, that shift also means that Bilbo was not a witness to goblin songs, the whipping, the invasive searching, or the great goblin's death. So far, his direct experience with goblins was the little scuffle after falling through the trap door. The movie takes away the dramatic entrance and introduction of a new creature out of legend, goblins. We've already had many scenes of them, and we're not really discovering them through the naive, innocent eyes of the Hobbit. Rather, Orcs and goblins are revealed by their conflict with the dwarves. On a minor note, it also leaves out some of the mystery of what a hobbit is. This is a small yet charming theme throughout the book. We're not really sure what a hobbit is, but we learn by comparing hobbits with other creatures. When the trolls found Bilbo, they didn't know what he was. The elves seemed to know. And even the goblins in the book, when they present their prisoners to the great goblin, they say, Dwarves and this. 
They don't know who or what a hobbit is. Isn't this the point of the story? To learn what a hobbit is and how he does unexpected things? Perhaps that's too subtle of a change, but I really love the journey that Tolkien guides us on, almost while he's taking the journey for the first time himself. In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Well, what is a hobbit? And why is a hobbit important? And why should we care about a hobbit? Each successive chapter reveals a little bit more about hobbits, but we don't quite get that same methodical discovery in the film. One more drawback to combining these chapters. Film Bilbo still has yet to see Gandalf's power in overcoming evil with light. As far as Film Bilbo is aware, Gandalf is still behind in Rivendell. What a strange thing then, that Gandalf is suddenly running through tunnels leading the dwarves to daylight. But we'll explore Bilbo's perspective in our next book-to-movie comparison. Join me in the next episode, where we follow Bilbo on his journey into the dark and his encounter with Gollum. Thanks for wandering Middle-earth with me today. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Lore of the Rings Podcast. For feedback on the show, please email me using the link in the show notes. Until next Thursday, remember, not all those who wander are lost. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Raise your hand if this has happened to you today. You're in the middle of work. You're knocking things off the to-do list, getting stuff done, and your kid asks you to play. Do you drop everything? Do you ask them to wait a minute? What do you do? If you're like me, you don't always say yes right away. The kid moves on, you get busy, and you forget to circle back around and play. An opportunity to make a memory has been lost, and the dad guilt settles in. Not so anymore. I've developed a simple game that will enable you to take those small moments and have fun. It's called Dad's Adventure Dice Digital Edition. My five-year-old daughter asks me nearly every day, can we do Dad Adventure Dice? What follows are some quick rolls of the dice that lead to a fun activity with an intriguing twist. Within five or ten minutes, we've had a lot of fun, shared a lot of laughter, and made a memory together. Download your own Dad's Adventure Dice today. Visit store.adventures.dad to download yours. That's store.adventure.dad to download Dad's Adventure Dice.